Destiny Christian Center presents Dr. Jerome Inekwe. Dr. Jerome is a dynamic and gifted communicator who teaches the Word of God with authority and power. We invite you to listen and be blessed by this message. you let's never get casual about the word of God don't get casual about coming and gathering around the word of God the apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and this scripture marked my heart I just want to share it with you it's not part of my message but I just want to use it to underline the importance of coming into the word of God with a right heart he wrote to them in chapter 2 and he said that you know we also especially thank God continually for this that when you receive the message of God which you heard from us, that you welcomed it, not as the word that came from mere men, but as it truly is. This is First Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 13. He said to them, I'm commending you because when you received this word of God, when we came to you and brought this word, you received it and welcomed it, not just as mere words, not just as the words of mere men, but you welcomed it for what it truly is, the word of God, which is effectually at work in those who believe. Anybody like that this morning? The word of God, which effectually works in those who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. Can you say amen today? Look at that. He said, and this scripture, I remember when I read it, it leapt at me and I thought, wow, isn't that something? Because he said the word is effectual. It, it, it is working and it, can, and it can exercise superhuman power. Isn't that something? The word, superhuman power that is available through the word, that it can work to those that believe. So he said, don't just receive it as the word of mere men. Don't just receive it like you watch the news. Not just to receive it and think, oh, well, that's just them talking. But they received it. Truly for what it is, truly for what it is, the word which effectually works in the lives of the ones who believe. Anybody that chooses to believe this work, this word has superhuman power. Isn't that something? Thank God for Captain Marvel, Captain America, and all of that stuff. But this stuff, he says, it's got superhuman power to work in the lives of whoever will choose to believe. Amen? So say this with me, I choose to believe, and therefore this word will have superhuman power in my life. Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, this morning, thank you for this opportunity. Open my heart and every heart here today to receive your word. I thank you that it is forever settled in heaven. May the entrance of it bring light. And today I pray, let that entrance bring light into every heart, every life that is represented here today. Thank you for the grace to speak this word. Thank you also for people with ears today that you have anointed to hear, to understand, to do and to perceive your word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Do all that is in your heart. Touch and heal and restore. Thank you for whatever is wrong that you, by the superhuman power that there is in this word, shall begin to make right. We give you thanks and praise today for everything that shall take place. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let the church say amen today. Let the church say amen today. Praise God. Praise God today. Book of Isaiah chapter 61, please, if you have a Bible with me, please. Isaiah chapter 61. Verse 
When you get to Isaiah 61, just put a pen mark there, put a finger in there, and also find me the book of Joel chapter 2, please. Isaiah 61 and Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, Isaiah 61. Joel is a very small book, just after the book of Hosea, so don't turn too fast or you might miss it. Joel chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. He writes and says, verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Someone say, upon me. Talk to me, destiny. Say, upon me. Because he has anointed me, speaking of a Christ, which is to come to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from the darkness from the prisoners, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Comfort all that mourn and provide for those that mourn in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness or despair that they would be called oaks or trees of righteousness the planting of the lord for the display for the magnification for the display of his splendor and of his glory can somebody say amen today I want to read it again because I want you to hear me, not just with your natural ears. I want you to hear me with your spiritual ears. The Bible calls it your heart. Close your eyes if you would. And I want us to just take a hold of this afresh as we read this. He wrote and said, speaking of a Christ that was to come, speaking of your Messiah and mine, speaking of Jesus, his mission statement, his purpose for coming in this earth. Are you ready? That he has anointed him to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor, to se has sent him to bind up or heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom from the captives, to release from darkness those that are bound or in any prison, to declare or to speak, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Someone you are looking at me, you shouldn't be looking at me, the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance indeed for our God. He came to comfort those that mourn and provide for those that mourn in Zion. He came to bestow a crown of beauty upon you instead of ashes. He came to give the oil of gladness over your lives instead of mourning. He came that he would give a garment of praise and switch it, take it away from the spirit, the garment of despair, of hopelessness, of heaviness, that you and I would be called trees of righteousness. Hallelujah. The planting of the Lord. And he came ultimately such that you would be for the display, the display of his splendor or of his glory. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we receive that today. Now, keep your hand in that place and keep your mind as we were. We're going to come back to it. But in Joel chapter 2, he writes and says that the Lord will give you the former 
and the latter rain in the first month. This is Joel chapter 2 verse 23b. Be glad, children of Zion. Rejoice that he may bring unto you, give thee the former and the latter rain in the first month, that the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine, and he said with oil, and I will restore unto you the years that the locusts have eaten. The cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and my great army which I send among you and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and shall praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Talking to you once again this morning of your covenant of restoration, of the God whose heart is your restoration to restore thee and to continually restore and continually restore and continually restore. The God whose heart for you. This was Isaiah prophesied the mission statement why Jesus was sent in this earth ultimately to redeem mankind, to bring us back. Go back to Isaiah 61. He's saying the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed him with a purpose to do something, to preach good news and to speak to the poor. Poor, please understand, does not necessarily and does not only mean those that are financially without money. Poor, we understand, does not only mean those who are not wealthy. Poor means a state of lack. Poor means to be without something. Poor means to be living in a lesser state than you should be. They used to say in times past, when someone was ill, they would say, have you heard of so-and-so? He's had some poor health recently. You remember that phrase, don't you? He doesn't mean he can't afford anything. They're talking about being in a lesser state, in a state below what you and I should be. And Jesus came to preach, and Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to take us from any state which is lower than you are meant to be, any state which is lower than your destined and your set position, any state which is below where you are supposed to be he came to bring us up and to restore and to put us back in the rightful place can somebody say amen today he came such that he would heal and that he would bind up any and every broken heart hallelujah the last time we met, I gave you a fourfold definition of restoration. Let me give it to you very quickly once again for the repetition of those who were not here. Remember, we are not receiving this word as mere men. Let us receive it afresh for what it truly is, superhuman in power with ability to effectually work in those that believe. Do we have anyone that believe this morning? 
Don't believe man. Don't believe man. Believe the word of God, which is superhuman in power. There's vessels that man God uses to speak them. Hallelujah. But understand, ultimately, God wants the word to work in your life. I said to you, restoration number one, it is the recovery of that which is lost. The recovery of whatever is lost. Has anybody ever lost anything in their life? I'm not just talking about you lost your car keys. I'm not maybe talking about you lost your yellow stripy socks. I'm not talking about maybe you lost those wife fronts or those underpants and you can't find them. I'm talking about lost, lose something. I'm talking about an area of your life, a time in your life, maybe even your health, maybe peace of mind. And you can look back over your life right now and you look at that period and you wish you could do it. I'm not talking to anybody here today. He said it is a recovery of whatever is lost. And when God gets in the business of restoration, when God gets in the business of putting you back and fixing and setting right that which was wrong, setting right that which the enemy did in your life and mine, he can restore years and he can give you back years in an instant. He can make it such that what took somebody else and what you struggled with and what you had pain with over years can be accelerated and set right within a month. Oh, glory to God. Don't believe and expect the same length of time that I had to go through the mess is the same length of time I must endure to come out of the mess. Your God is a God of suddenlies, a God of immediatelies, a God of quickly, a God of the now. You remember what he said to them in Mark chapter 4 when he spoke to them about the parable of the sower. Would you turn there very quickly with me? We're going to come straight back to Isaiah 61. He told them about the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. He said the sower goes and sows the seed. He casts the seed into the ground. He said some fall on stony ground. Some, he said, falls on rocky ground. Some, he said, falls by the wayside. I want you to ask your neighbor, if you've got a neighbor next door to you, and say, are you any of those kind of soils this morning? Are, are, are you stony ground? Ask them on the other side. Are you rocky ground? Are, are, are you on the wayside over there? And these soils that he sowed the seed on represents different heart conditions. They represent the different heart conditions of man. And Jesus said that when he sowed the seed, there was some seed that fell on good ground. Maybe just me and you over there, bros. All right. <laughs> he said there was, there was some seed that fell on good ground. <clears throat> that fell on good ground. That the birds couldn't come and pick it. That the thorns couldn't come and choke it. That the rocks couldn't come and persecution and affliction couldn't come and make them give it up. But there were some that fell on good ground. And when it fell on good ground, it produced, hallelujah, a harvest, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and a 100-fold. Hallelujah. 
And the disciples came and asked Jesus and said, what is the meaning of this parable? Because he spoke it to them. And he said, I saw you all that to bring us to this Mark chapter 4 and in verse 11. And he said to them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Someone say to me. Someone say to me. Say, I receive it. See, God doesn't want you to be in the dark. There's no secrets with him. Deuteronomy 29 says the secret things belong unto God. But once they are revealed, they are given unto us and our children that we may do them and walk therein. God doesn't want you in the dark about things. He says this and this. He says they are given unto them. But to those on the outside, he said, they're in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving. Ever hearing but never understanding. Lest they understand, they might turn and I will have to heal them. He said the minute they can understand, the minute their eyes can be opened, the minute they will receive that word, they shall be converted. They shall be healed. They shall be turned. They shall be changed from one degree of glory unto another. Hallelujah and amen. God was saying, listen, it doesn't matter how many years you may have been in that condition. The minute this word can get on the inside of us, the minute this word can take root in my heart, the minute this word can begin to transform and change me in the inside, he said, then they can be converted. Then they got to be healed. Then they may be forgiven. Because not even the devil can stop you in the word. Ah, glory to God goes inside. Hallelujah. 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 So it's like the minute you understand, I don't, I'm not supposed to live this way. I'm supposed to have joy. Then he said, okay, they, they, okay, they can be converted. The minute you begin to get in a grip of flesh and say, do you know what? I don't have to live like this with my health. He said, no, none. They can be converted. The minute you begin to say to yourself, begin to get into the word and follow it with the actions we're going to teach about in this series. About, do you know what? I don't have to always be in a place where I'm crying about money. He said, they can be converted. They can be changed. Hallelujah. Someone lift your hands and say, Heavenly Father. Today, open the eyes of my understanding that I might be healed and I may be converted. Hallelujah. We said restoration, very quickly, number two, is the realization of that which is lacking or missing, particularly after any length of time. The realization of whatever is lacking or missing. The realization of whatever is lacking or missing. We said number three, restoration is the renewal of that which is diminished. It could be your passion for God. It could be the anointing that you used to walk in. It could be the influence that God gave you. It could be the ability to use your words to bless others. But over the course of time, that has diminished. And in the season, in the word, when God prophetically is speaking about restoration for your life and mine, he's saying it is the renewal of that which has diminished over time. 
Oh, hallelujah. Father, I'm praying this morning in the name of Jesus for a renewing right across Destiny Christian Center. Come on, lift up your hands when we pray. Lift your hands and say, and, and, and set your heart in a posture of receiving of whatever has diminished over time in the lives of your people. Go and pray just for a minute. Just pray. Just pray. For some of us, it was, we didn't have to be forced to praise him. We didn't have to be forced to get up and pray and read our Bibles. But over time, that's diminished. Over time, that's become a side option. Lord, in this season, we're praying for a replenishing of whatever has diminished. Would you go ahead and just pray for a minute? Come on, talk to God. He's right there with you. Glory, glory to your name. Glory, glory to your name. Glory, glory to your name. Glory to your name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four, I said very quickly, restoration definition, Bible definition of restoration is the return of something to its original state or condition. A return to its original state or condition. A return to its original state or condition. A return of something back, listen to this, to what God originally had in mind for that thing. What God originally had in mind for that person, for that area of your life, and for that thing. Hallelujah. 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 You get some people that God blesses them with certain abilities, certain gifts, and they take that ability, they take that gift, and rather than use it to serve God, they pervert it, and the enemy uses it to glorify the kingdoms of this world. Ah. And the truth of the matter is, God had an original intention for everything he did in your life and mine. An original intention for everything that he blessed you with, he equipped us with, he implanted in our lives and in our hearts. Amen, amen. And in the season where he's restoring all things, his heart's desire, his intent of restoration is the restoration back to his original condition, back to the original intent that he had in his mind's eye. The scripture says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or mind conceived, or entered into the heart of man's, the things that God has prepared in advance for those that love him. Do you know God has some things prepared for your life? God has some things that eye has not seen, ear has not heard. And unless we tap into his frequency, and unless we ask him to begin to restore, the enemy can come in and pervert that which God originally intended for our blessing and for our good. Hallelujah. 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 You see, come all these, all these singers and all these pop stars and the whole list of them, they began in the house of God. 
they began singing and praising God. They began with a gift that had been given to bless and to glorify God. Hallelujah. But I believe in my heart, a time is coming when they will begin to honor God once again. You'll see. Hallelujah. That's a separate issue. But God is going to draw people back. He's in the business of restoring. Go back to Isaiah 61, please. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us. Because he has anointed us. When God restores, God restores every area and every aspect of our lives. He wants you restored spiritually. Someone say spiritually. Say spiritually. The first act of restoration spiritually is when a man is born again. Is when someone that was created in the image of God, created in his likeness, but has fallen in the earth because we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. When you come back to God, that is restoration. A return to its original state or condition. David said in Psalm 51, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Once you're born again, the enemy immediately begins to assault you, immediately begins to work, immediately begins to attack, to steal your peace, to steal your joy, to steal the joy of your salvation but in the name of Jesus God is going to bring that joy back and he's going to give you the ability to sing once again to lift up your head all ye gates to smile and to know the reason why you profess his name are you listening to me today no oh God help me God help us God help us I look across and I see what's happening in the body of Christ. And I'm, I'm wondering because I see the body of Christ walking as if it's defeated. Walking as if we should be an apology. The devil is a liar. Are you listening to me? You don't have to apologize. God's going to cause you to be the display of his splendor. Are you listening to me today? But the first thing you got to make sure is don't let him steal your joy. Are you listening to me today? Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal your joy. Fight for your joy. Contend for your joy. Contend for what he is. Contend for who he is in your life. Are you hearing me, my people of God, today? He says he wants to restore us spiritually. He said he wants to restore us spiritually. Hallelujah. He wants to restore us in health. Second Kings chapter 4, please. Second Kings chapter 4, it tells the story of a woman. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of a woman who had great wealth. She had great substance. She had everything that was needed for life. She was a great well-to-do woman. But she and her husband had no child. Someone say restore. Hallelujah. 
And you remember the story where they built a side extension to the house for the prophet every time he passed by, that he may dwell, he may abide there. And they kept blessing, they kept blessing, they kept blessing the servant of God. They kept blessing him. Every time they passed, he would lodge there. He would stay there. They would take care of their needs. Eventually she realized, what can we do to be a blessing to this servant of God? And they built an extension to their house, a side chamber, a prophet's chamber, so that whenever he came, he had a place to be comfortable. He had a place where he could rest. He had a place from which he could base himself and he could minister. How many of you know you can never outbless God? Don't ever think the things you do for God has gone unnoticed. Don't ever think the way you bless God and where you honor God and the way you bless God's house will ever go unnoticed. God has a way. The psalmist says that he remembers, Psalm 20, even thy sacrifices and even your tears. Are you listening to me today? God's not forgotten you. Touch your neighbor say he's got you on his mind. He's not forgotten you. He's not overlooked you. He's seen everything from beginning and to the end. This woman kept sowing. She kept giving. She kept blessing. And eventually the prophet said to her servant, go and ask, what can we do to bless this woman? And he brought him, they brought her to him. And she said, we dwell amongst our people. We dwell in our own home. We have everything we need. But the servant said, they don't have a child. And he released the word to her and said, go and come back this time next year. You shall carry your own child. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say restore. Hmm. But now, hmm. God is so, so, so good. The same chapter, but the first seven verses before we read about this woman, we see Elisha speaking to another woman. She was there with just a little bit of oil. Her husband had died, and he had served the Lord, but now he had no money, and the creditors were coming to take her two sons as slaves. Elisha replies and tells her, ask her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? The servant said, there's nothing but a little bit of oil. And he said, do you remember, go ask all of your neighbors. Borrow as many vessels and empty jars as you come. Then come inside, shut the door behind you, pour the oil into the jar, and each is filled, put it to one side. And she did it, and all the jars were filled Hallelujah. Until they ran out of jars. And it's only when they ran out of jars did the oil stop flowing. And then he said to her, go now. Take the oil, sell, and pay your debts. Oh, glory to God. Follow me here. We've got two stories back to back. We've got one woman. She has a child, but she's got no money. We've got another woman. She has money, but she has no child. Hallelujah. God shows up in every situation and he looks at the situation and he says, I'm going to restore what is missing in that house, what is missing in that situation. So when the first woman shows up, she's got children, she's got two strapping sons, but her husband's died and she's got no money. She's still in a place of below where she should be. Am I talking to anybody here today? God he shows up into the next woman and there she is. She has money, she has house, she has husband, but she has no child. She's in a place below, 
Hallelujah. Where God originally intended for her to be. And when he met at either situation, when he met her and he met them, he was not content, listen to me, to just look and see and think, oh, well, at least you should be glad you've got something. Ah, He didn't look at the situation and say, well, at least you've got a child. You ought to be glad. No, because when the devil steals something, it is God's desire and it is your right as a child of God that whatever the enemy has stolen, God said, I will restore those years that he has stolen and he will bring it back. Hallelujah and amen. So I don't know. We're going to wrap up in a minute. I gave you two scenarios. I don't know what your scenario is. Whichever one it might be. One had no money, but she had a child. One had no plenty of money, but they had no child. The other one had child, but no money. God says, I don't care. My heart is restored. My heart is restored. My heart is to restore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning we're praying in the name of Jesus. We thank you today, God of our restoration. Would you lift up your hands and just bless him with me? Thank you for listening to this message and we trust that it has blessed your life. If you would like any further information about Destiny Christian Center or you would like to partner with us and help us take this gospel message around the world, then please contact us at www.destinychristiancenter.org.